$2 late fee, you have one new message. Zach, Dustin, I got your order ready. It's two Big K's burgers, extra cheese, extra mayo, double side of fries, and a co- Hey, hang on a second. Jake! Jake! Jamie! Before there was IMDB.com, there was Zach and Dustin. You know those guys who think they know everything about a movie without having to go on the internet to look it up? That's us, but maybe only for the years 1981 through mid-1989. No, I'd say late 1978 through early 1992. (laughs) Either way, we know movies. And even more specifically, we know soundtracks from those movies. Yeah, this is $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. This is the podcast where we pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it still holds up today. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Thanks for listening. On to the show. An evil force took his life. An unearthly power has brought him back. He is a phantom, a wraith, a cosmic spirit given another chance. Uh, are you new in town? Yeah. There's a kid out there using his car to kill people. Not that it's such a big deal, since it seems to be your gang he's got it in for. A wraith, man! A ghost! An evil spirit, and it ain't cool! What are you doing? Packard, stop Get in the car! What are you doing, man? You get out of my face, Burger Boy. You wind up dead like your brother. Who are you? The Wraith. If you've done nothing wrong, you've got nothing to fear. What's everybody drinking tonight? Zach, you have a gin and tonic and... I have a tequila paloma. Oh, okay. Tequila paloma. I have a a peach milkshake IPA. Oh, oh my God. That is the most weirdest, randomest... Kristen just got that from Trader Joe's Femme French. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's really damn good, so... Yeah, Corey, so so, uh, welcome to the show. I... Did Zach tell you, though, there is a prerequisite that we will not be recording four and a half hours, so I hope that's okay with you. Yeah, yeah. I think my butt can handle a okay. nice, solid 90-minute recording session. <laughs> yeah, okay. the, this, uh, the, the, you're on our turf now, so our turf uh, basically means Dustin taps out at 90 minutes. Our, our turf means we don't talk about the movie at all. We talk about the time <laughs> Zach got kidnapped for the seventh time, and then... Yeah. You know, and then all his unresolved trauma. And then we talk through that. And then and then we end up at nine, 90 minutes. And then we say something about the soundtrack for like four and a half minutes. And yeah. No, I've, I, as, as a listener of the show, I, I kind of know the, the formula <laughs> by now. <laughs> oh, that's Gee. good. Well, this is a long time coming, though. Yeah. In, 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 in this, in this, uh, in our, in our multiverse world, uh, my two sister wives joining me <laughs> at the same time. This is so awkward and worlds amazing. are colliding dude it's <laughs> who would have who would have saw it coming no I'm, I'm glad we're doing it uh we you know we've been talking about doing something for a while uh scheduling is always you know scheduling and uh but this is actually uh dustin and my first time recording together even though we've we've obviously talked and hung out and played uh, uh what was the game we played with among Bodhi? us among, among us. us yeah yeah that was fun we got to do another uh session of that but this is uh this is our first time recording dustin so i'm i'm super excited about it man uh i'm very excited too and and a, a couple of questions i have for you 
Has it ever happened that you guys are recording and then Zach like tells a story as if like something happened to you and then you're like that that was that wasn't that wasn't me, and then you find out it was it, it was me. <laughs> no, that, I don't does get that, it. Does that happen no. a lot? I, no, I cover my bases. Yet, but <laughs> you cover but your but you cover your tracks. We do cover a lot of Zach's trauma uh, on the show. I think between between the two shows, we're kind of uh, filling that niche of, of yeah. professional help, I guess. Right <laughs> now. And I'd say, you know, I'm I'm kind of like Heisenberg. Is it Heisenberg from Breaking Bad? Was that his name? Heisenberg? Heisenberg. I've never actually seen it. I'm, I, I know how to uh, I know how to backtrack cover all my bases but more more importantly i'm sorry Corey just said he hasn't seen it so um not to you know force you to watch however five seasons or six seasons of breaking bad but it's it's definitely a a top three show of all time yeah yeah oh no i'm i'm it's it's high on the to-do list but uh as both of you know podcasting producing shows takes a lot of work and uh my time just drowns in editing but as far as uh i, I thought you were gonna say not seeing something because the wraith uh, fell under that category as well up until about 12 hours ago or, or last night i've actually watched it twice now since last night so Dude, yeah i'm ready to rock twice. And roll. <laughs> You could have taken that yeah. second viewing and watched uh, one and a half episodes of Breaking Bad. <laughs> this is true. Just, this just is w- w- Would I have been <laughs> as entertained? <laughs> no. The answer is no. And uh, you, you would not be as filled with knowledge as you are now mm-hmm. on today's oh. topic. Because oh, buddy, I have I have some knowledge that I was never quite expecting, uh, and I don't really know when to get into it. But uh, you know, it's it's I'm glad I saw it, and it's a lot of fun, and I can't wait to to break it down. Also on on podcasting after dark, um, I'm I've got the wraith in my life for a good bit of time right now, so I'm I'm happy to spend some time with it. Well, this is a long time coming because the wraith was the movie well the movie soundtrack one of the main movie soundtracks that brought dustin and i together uh over that fateful day at jinky's cafe uh, way back when it was way back when if you think about it dustin it was probably four years ago Uh, i can tell you i can tell you that it was uh five and a half years ago almost six holy wow that's amazing Uh, yeah which is which is a little alarming, but, um, but yeah, you're correct. I, I, cause you, for our, for the listener, um, <laughs> the one listener, uh, Zach and I met, uh, ostensibly to talk about voiceover and, um, and you dropped a Nick Cassavetti's reference or something. You, it was, it was something to that effect. It was very, it was very specific to his character, I think in the Wraith. Um, yeah. I think it said Packard. I might've even said Packard. Yeah, you may have Packard even said Walsh. Packard, and and I did like one of those like what, what, what? like <laughs> like did you just mention the wraith? And you were very nonchalant, you nonchalant, you didn't miss a beat, and you were just like, yeah, so the wraith and blah 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 blah. And then I think from there it segued into like every soundtrack that uh, you know you and I had both been coveting for the last thirty five years and owned. Um, so it was very uh, very illuminating and very interesting that here we are. Finally, talking about the wraith. I, I can see why the soundtrack grabbed you guys. It's pretty freaking awesome. It's we, you know, obviously we'll we'll get great. to the soundtrack in the episode, but um, it, it is arguably one of my all time favorite soundtracks. Okay, hands down. 
top to bottom. Now, is it available on on CD or anything? Because I couldn't actually find it on Spotify. Uh, I was trying mm-hmm. to listen to uh, some of the songs today because uh, you know I asked Zach what songs we're probably going to talk about or whatever. Um, and yeah, I had to listen to them on on YouTube. So they're you know they're not on Spotify. Yeah, no, it, it's been unavailable for. Well, I, I have to uh, to call back to a previous episode of Pad. It. Uh, <laughs> You have it on vinyl. <laughs> I have it on vinyl. Vinyl. Scrap. <laughs> I got it. I got it on vinyl. I got no joke. I got it for a dollar. I got it for a dollar okay. at Rasputin Records, uh, and I also have it on cassette. So it will show up on our cassette Saturday Saturday sound, soundtrack Saturday thing on Instagram. But uh, no, it, the the soundtrack is pretty much unavailable, and that has a lot to do with the rights to some of the songs because there are some big songs on this soundtrack, particularly. Um, but for me, it's it was always been a holy grail to own, and I'm so lucky that I kept the vinyl vinyl when I back in the day, um, and I can't wait to to talk about that whole deal, but. First and foremost, though, before we get into any of that, obviously we're talking about the Wraith today, um, and joining us is Corey Stevenson, my co-host of Podcasting After Dark. Welcome. I would be playing the the applause, but you guys can't hear it in my little little kit. I'm playing my cheering. I'll have to add that in. So everybody listening, just clap your hands. That is fun. Clap your hands to the beat. (laughs) Clap your hands. Uh, very exciting. By the way, is the what, what's this inside joke about vinyl? Oh, so so <laughs> we Corey and I. Uh, for those that don't it was on know, the burning Corey and I, episode wasn't it? What's that? It was on the burning episode, wasn't it? It was on the burning episode. So quick, uh, quick plug for podcasting after dark, and we'll do it throughout the episode. Uh, you know, Corey and I break down scene by scene every movie, and we will be breaking down the wraith following this episode. Um, and Corey, Corey picks a movie and then I pick a movie and we go, we go back and forth and Corey had picked the burning from 1981. And, um, I was commenting on Mm -hmm. how I didn't think the soundtrack was all that great and how there's someone out there going, yeah, but I've got it on vinyl, vinyl. (laughs) And I'm, I'm a, I'm a audiophile. Dustin knows this. Corey knows this. Everybody, everyone knows that I'm, I'm obsessed with collecting Records I mean, and so, tapes. some people say say audiophile. I, I some people say hoarder, but that you know whatever. It's you know <laughs> it's tomato, tomato. tomato. One it's the same. same. It's the same. Same idea. Please continue. It is the same idea. It's exactly the same. But <laughs> there is something about like sometimes uh, there's a great boutique record label called Waxwork Records. I think uh, I think that's what it's called. Anyways, they put out horror records, and sometimes the soundtracks they put out. I'm like, why'd you put that out? Like, what's I mean, who wants to have what the they, soundtrack? What do they say? Uh, they say go F yourself and <laughs> hard. In Got the it. Um, <laughs> and frig You're off. like already doing it. <laughs> they tell me to frig off and, you know, and I say, heck yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyways, um, Corey, man, thanks for being on our show in this crossover yeah. extravaganza. I've I've waited a long time to watch The Wraith. Uh, it was uh, a movie that I always recognized the cover. You know, I'm just I'm looking at it right now, the Vestron Blu-ray, and I'm just like, man, this. Now that I know the movie, I'm like, this cover's kind of weird because Charlie Sheen and Sherilyn Finn's there, and then 
Nick Cassavetes and then Aggies on the cover. And I'm like, why yeah. are they all four of them looking like like they're they're together against, you know, With the like race cut off like, shirt, right? Like one of yeah. them's got a like a half shirt. Yeah, yeah. It's Augie. Um it's Augie? Yeah, that's yep. super weird. I totally agree. It's weird because he's the first guy to die. He's not even like one of the big gang members. So yeah, anyways, I've 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 known this I've always known this cover and I kind of always recognize the you know what the Wraith looks like and, and obviously the car and all that kind of stuff. Uh but it you know, it, I kind of missed it growing up, never saw it. And then as we were doing the podcast, I knew this was one that would pop up eventually. And if I have an indication of that, I try not to watch it at all until it comes on the show because I want to have if I already if I'm, if, if I'm 43 and I already haven't seen it, I'd rather wait and keep my my reaction fresh on the show and everything. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've always wanted to see it. I knew it was very important to both of you. Um, and uh, I'm glad that last night uh, Myra and I watched it together and we had a hoot. <laughs> we had a hoot. Right. And then I watched it again today uh, getting ready for, for this because because I was really, really high last night and uh, so I was like <laughs> let me just kind of watch it sober so I and I tend to do that for pad as well uh, I'll do one viewing is my funsies viewing just, just to kind of get the vibe and then the other viewing I'll do stone cold sober just to make sure I capture as much as possible you know that's uh that's commitment I mean yeah you definitely don't have time for breaking bad if you're if you're, <laughs> no no if, not if, at if all if you're doing that for every <laughs> for every movie and uh and, and, and editing and everything else. I mean, I totally, I totally agree with what you're saying. I, I think, I think, I don't, I don't know. I, when I saw that poster and I saw that poster recently or the cover or whatever, and I was like, is that the original? Like, is, and it, it is, is. Yeah. it's, yeah. it's so bizarrely, yeah. it's such a bizarre choice. But yet it's nice art. Like it's, it's really good looking art, but like, why did they choose yes. like, you know, that collection of characters in that pose and grouping you know well it's an interesting it's it they're marketing it in a different way so like yeah the poster yeah. the poster markets the movie entirely different than what the movie actually is because mm-hmm. by that po- looking at that poster it looks like a buddy movie you know like mm-hmm. a like a mature goonies or something like the f- you know? like the four of them are against the wraith yeah so yeah for right. those of you that don't know about the wraith's poster it's it's Charlie Sheen and uh, Sherilyn Fenn, Nick Cassavetes, and and it's supposed Augie. to be Griffin O'Neill, but it doesn't. It's <laughs> like they airbrushed his his uh, freckles off or something. I yeah, because like, he almost looks like John Cusack a little bit. He kind of does. He he looks like Andrew Keegan to me. That guy that uh, mm. that, that actor yes, from recently. He totally I, I does. Yes, and I don't. But Andrew Keegan why. probably wasn't even born yet, right? And this isn't even Casavetti's hair in the movie either, or nor is it Charlie Sheen's hair. And Charlie Sheen looks like he's twelve yeah. in this picture. It's really weird. The literally, the yeah. more I'm staring at this, the more I'm like, this is so weird. The only one that looks the same is Sherilyn Fenn. Well, that's because yeah. she's a goddamn ten. There's oh. nothing you can do to change that. <laughs> she's not gonna goddamn do, yeah. ten, I tell you. There's no doubt. There's, There's no a lot doubt. of tens. She's a fucking ten. <laughs> um yeah yeah so we should probably discuss the plot really quick right don't you think well um i suppose (laughs) how would you describe this movie dustin okay all right so check it out guys so this is the ultimate revenge movie and it's the ultimate revenge movie because not only does the guy get murdered and come back from the dead but he comes back from the dead 
from space. So he dies, presumably, and some aliens like are like, hey, man, that was fucked up how, how you got murdered. We're going to give you the ultimate revenge. And we're going to give you the badass car. And you're going to come back with all your memories. Um, and, uh, you know, you're going to have to act like you don't have the memories. And then you're going to systematically go through and murder everybody that murdered you uh, with a badass car. And, every you know, everyone's going to try and, like, stop you. And the sheriff's going to try and figure out who you are. But they won't be able to. And um, I don't know. I don't if I'm in like third person. I don't know what person person I'm speaking the story in. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm saying you and whatever. But it's, it's almost like you're talking to the wraith character. That's what you're, it feels you're like. You're explaining the plot I, to them, I'm, right? I'm like <laughs> I'm like pitching do, it Jamie. to Charlie Sheen in the <laughs> elevator, and I'm like, okay, so this is your character, and then you're gonna die, and then you're gonna come back, and you're gonna have the most badass car that's ever been made, and there's gonna be amazing special effects, and everyone's gonna die, and then you're gonna. Um, ask your girlfriend like hey do you want to stay with me forever in space and she's gonna be cool and then you're gonna drive off on a motorcycle that's how i'd summarize it <laughs> I, and i and i take the last part I, i'm with you on that because he's like a short trip they're going somewhere and it ain't on this planet earth that's for sure no no and and no. what a commitment to true love i mean i'm not to jump ahead to the end of the movie but that uh you know do you want to be with me forever on a different planet like okay. when you're like 17 years old yeah. you know and you have the whole your whole life ahead of you but you know your you whole know. life your whole life well Catherine mary stewart's character in last starfighter she it took her a minute to decide whether or not she was going to get in that space rocket and flame off you know uh but sherilyn venn didn't I feel like in, in Last Starfighter, she's still going to be human when she takes off. I feel like whatever is going to happen to Sherilyn Finn, she can never come back from it. That's kind of like how I sort of felt about it. Whereas at least Last Starfighter, I feel like, hey, you want to go visit Earth again? Sure, why not? Let's go take a vacation. I don't think that's going to happen with uh, Jamie and uh, or Jake slash Jamie and Cheryl. Carrie. Carrie? Yeah, Carrie. Right. Similar names, uh, Jake and Jamie. Yeah. But if you subscribe to the to the theory, which I do, that you don't really know yourself, you know, as a person until you're like 30 anyway. Like, so the idea of committing to someone at 17 is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Aside from these these stats of like 50 percent divorce rate nationally. It's you know, it's we. I just don't think it's the wisest, the wisest commitment to make. But that wouldn't you know, it wouldn't be the best ending if she was like, I think I'm good. So you're saying they're going to get a ghost divorce at some point? Yeah, or like she's going to be just trapped in fucking space and be like, well, I got to go back and see my family. And he's going to be like, you're you're living space now. (laughs) You chose this. Yeah, one way only. (laughs) Let me tell you what's going to happen. She's going to realize he's a good guy and he's a decent dude, but she likes to be tortured and likes to be manhandled because she's dating a homicidal maniac who would put his hand around a switchblade and she didn't even flinch when he did that. And nope. she's, she, cause she likes bad boys. She probably has a abusive father uh, or a father that was never even around. Yep. And you know, he's going to want to make her mixtapes and he's going to woo her. He's going to bring her flowers. And she's going to be like, the more he does, the more she's going to push away. Cause she's like, you're smothering me. Oh my God. And you know, he's going to be like, what's smothering about like just showing you love. And she's going to be like, you know, I want to go back, send me back. And then she's going to want to go back and she's going to hook up with some dude at a bar and they're going to sing karaoke 
and his life's going to be ruined and her life's going to be ruined. The whole thing's going to be ruined. I'm not speaking from personal experience. I'm just saying. <laughs> wow. Wow. So I know why you like this movie. I mean, it's really, it's about you. And yeah, the good guy, uh, the good guy gets his girl in the end. He just has to go through hell to get there. Yeah. <laughs> he just, yeah, he just has to get blown up in the car, get abducted and by aliens, whipped, remade and... into some laser beams, and then, uh, I don't know, get merged with his car and then demerge wait, from it. Yeah. Wait, are you saying he's Turbo Teen? Ah, <laughs> Turbo Teen. Maybe. Mention of that. Maybe. <laughs> 35 years. That's amazing. Um, okay, okay. So, so plot aside uh the fact that this movie this movie does have like a phenomenal cast <laughs> it really does besides charlie sheen and sherilyn fenn and nick Cassavetes, who i think is more known now as a director um now for sure. by today's audience right griffin o'neill son of ryan o'neill um but randy quaid is in it <laughs> hey zach is griffin o'neill alive or dead Clint. Did he have a good run? Did, did he have a good run, buddy? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie. And I'm happy that his life has turned around now, but I, I, I felt like Griffin O'Neill, there was a spell. You were hoping he, he was dead. He, yeah. I thought he, I thought he, I thought he died because I know he yeah. was caught up in some yeah. substance some stuff. And, yeah. What, yeah. Who was, which one was Griffin O'Neill in the Augie. movie? Augie. Augie. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So he was, he was on the cover. He's okay. on the cover. Yeah. But yeah, he's Augie and then Chris Nash, Chris Nash, who plays Minty, the other one of the gang guys, he was in Mischief, which is a, which I love as a, as a teen sex, teen sex comedy. Uh, and Clint Howard as Rughead. Well, it looks like a racer head over there. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So before we start diving into a lot of different things, you've talked about Nick Cassavetti so much to me, and I haven't seen him before. I've, I'd never seen him until this movie. What was what's your like? What's your draw to him? Oh, he was on. He was on like every. What's, what's your damage? Why do you like him? Yeah. Well, so did you ever see that? He was in Face Off. He had a big role in Face Off. Yeah, you, you, my 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 least favorite John Woo movie. You made. I love that movie. <laughs> I love face off. Face so, all right. Off. off. So, all right. I'm just going to say it, I, I, and I'm sorry. The whole entire time I'm watching this movie, I'm like, uh, Packard, I'm like, this guy's a fucking dork. Like, he's a dork, <laughs> dork. He's the a entire dork. time. There's one point where, like, he beats yeah. up um, the brother, and then everyone's looking at him, and he does this little skip run to his car. I'm like, no, no, you walk, dude. You don't skip <laughs> run, right? So, and I knew... I knew Nick Cassavetes was in this. So, dude, not going to lie to you because I do so little research before I watch it for the first time. I thought, I thought Nick Cassavetes, because of how much Zach is talking about him, was in the flashbacks. I thought he was Jamie as the flashbacks. I'm like, why is he so high build? And then it was today before my second viewing that I almost I did. I almost did a Rudy spit take from Monster Squad when I looked through the IMDb and I was like. Packer is Nick Cassavetes? What the hell? He's a dork. The entire movie, he's a goober. He's an eight foot tall giant goober. And I don't get it. Now, I don't I didn't want to start hot on this because I really, really enjoyed this movie. But I don't get the appeal of Nick Cassavetes. That's that's all I'm saying. 
I, you know, I just I'll jump in here because I think there's there's a lot of legendary status with the name Cassavetes. First of all, you know, you're no if doubt. you're part of the Cassavetes family. John Cassavetes obviously is Nick's father, and um, you know, what I want to say, Corey, is that I agree with you. Uh, first off, I think that Nick Cassavetes looks so much older than high school; it's absurd. Yes, uh, for starters, he looks like an old man, like hanging out with the little kids because they idolize him. Um, not only is he a dork, but he's like, uh, he's just like an open murder. Like he's just openly murdering people. Um, yeah. He's so ridiculous. And the, um, the, the moment that you mentioned Zach, where he's like in the car and he's trying to prove, he's like, we're, 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 we're blood brothers, you know? Well, seconds before it's revealed that he hasn't even slept with Carrie. Yeah. So you're kind of yeah. like, it's it's really off-putting, too, because he's like, because well, you're kind of questioning, well, why is she with this asshole? Because he's a fucking asshole. She doesn't love him. She's made that clear. She's like, I haven't even slept with you. And then you're like, oh, so he's just like overbearing. And it's even more embarrassing because he's he's doing so much. And that whole thing with the knife apparently was, uh, according to the director, was a an improv. Um, because oh. he was kind of playing around with the knife and then he was like, I want to do this thing with blood brothers and blood. And they were like, Oh, I don't know. Okay. We'll shoot it. And you know, and they ended up keeping it, but it's, uh, it's not really necessary. Um, I actually, I like that. I like that scene. And, and I, I have to ask, she says, I never made love to you. <clears throat> so semantics i mean she's she could have like maybe she had sex with him but she never made love to him you know what i'm saying oh okay that's how i always took it oh i got you like she didn't kind of give herself to him but they've had sex but she didn't sort of give her love to him that's what how i say and i'll and i'll I'll take that. I'll 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 take that because I mean, I, at this point, I need anything to kind of give him some sort of, of validity as a villain. Because uh, I mean, I liked the rest of of the cast of characters. I thought they were all fun and zany and crazy, but I just couldn't get on board for him being intimidating. Um, just from those like like the like when he was crying and stuff. I was like, dude, no, 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 dude, <laughs> yeah, you're you're yeah. crazy. You're a sociopath. You don't yeah. cry, man. You should just be angry. I think that's the director for that. But he definitely shouldn't have skipped a little little jig when he ran over to his car. <laughs> you know, jig. Um, I was like, no. But but to, to bring it back to like something that I absolutely loved, I thought the car designs in this thing oh, were fantastic. So and this yeah. is All from a, cars. a huge Mad yeah. Max fan. But I love the way the cars looked. And I loved every single racing scene in this movie. So and good. I loved every single like car explosion. For some reason, the cars in this movie, when they get trashed and explode... They're, they're so there's so many pieces they're they're so like fragile they explode i love it there's just so much to look at and and every race was awesome absolutely awesome yeah it's like your yeah. brother taking your toys and throwing throwing them against a wall and having them shatter not like that ever happened to me <clears throat> <laughs> i i would appreciate if all your interjections were just like traumas that happened to you it's just like a way to prove <laughs> our point like that it's just the ultimate processing <laughs> uh, like, like Corey and I will just discuss the movie and then you'll be like, yeah, it's like getting lost in, in the grocery store. And then a guy comes in and asks you to tuck his shirt in. Not that that ever happened to me. Uh, like, what? Um, and I'll do a little okay. jig after I'll be like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so a really interesting thing about this car, this car was the actual car, the actual pace car from the Indy 500. Oh, um, really? 
that they used and they updated and then they made six replicas of the car because the car was so uh, fragile basically that they uh you know they so most of the racing scenes were done with these replicas obviously the replicas were blown up um but uh but yeah i thought that was pretty pretty fucking cool that's cool it's an awesome looking car really really neat looking to be and and honestly my favorite part is when they they um Clint Howard looks in the the engine, you know, and it's all high tech and yeah, alien. Awesome. And I love that you never actually see inside the car. Uh, I love that there's so much mythos that they keep from you and that you have to sort of fill in. Now, that's my thing on podcasting after dark. I love world building and I love when not everything, not everything is explained and you can kind of like in like fill it in. Honestly, the whole mystical stuff it was my favorite part of this movie i thought that all that was super cool uh like when he kills somebody one of his like braces will disappear and i'm like yep i get it he's he's unbreaking his bonds like Mm -hmm. i am on board for all of those visuals and like how he looks i'm like i mean they could have gone any direction but they went like this techno ghost thing i mean it is cool like what a cool thing and even his shotgun is freaking cool so i was on board for all of that stuff yeah, the shotgun is is badass, and his whole look. Apparently, the costume uh, was on eBay about a year ago. I, I saw that. I remember when that happened. Yeah, and I, I mean, there's there's no way in hell I would ever own that. But at the same time, too, I was like, that's pretty cool that someone was able to keep that for for because I think it's safe to say that this movie is definitely a cult movie. It's definitely a uh, I don't know. It's it says that it was in the theater. It didn't make a lot of money, but it, I feel like I only knew it as being on HBO and on VHS. And I, I would say to many people, it's obscure to like the mainstream audience. Mainstream audiences do not know about the Wraith. Um, and it's one of those movies that you would think is going to be really bad. But it's really not. It's really not a bad movie. It's it's a really decent film overall and in like the production value. And I know, Dustin, you were telling me about the the shooting schedule, like what they were able to accomplish and the amount of time that they did is pretty unheard of. And um, I mean, I what was it, 27 days yeah, or something they well, shot it in? So, yeah. So to to because uh, basically last night I, I was just kind of filling in Zach on these these fun facts that I was gleaning from the audio commentary by the director uh Mike Marvin and uh and he was first of all hated his producer with a passion they did not get along for the entire shoot and the guy was always thwarting him uh every step of the way on top of the studio also trying to 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 uh thwart him whether it was being um uh well a, a couple a couple of crazy crazy asides but but to the point of shooting it was that he initially had um I think it was like 15 days to shoot these night racing uh, scenes. And by the time the studio was done uh, compressing the schedule, he had, he shot the whole thing in eight nights. Um, Every one of these races, every one of these explosions, um, which is, yeah, which is already really crazy. Um, But like one of the, one of the more interesting things about the studio trying to like thwart him was that, um, uh, I think both you guys might be familiar that Sherilyn Fenn at the time was dating Johnny Depp. Yes. And <laughs> so Johnny Depp would just hang, hang around the, the set and he would kind of exhibit some Packard like behavior. 
and Mike Marvin tried to get Johnny Depp into the movie. Uh, but because he was only really known as like, um, you know, he, he wasn't, he wasn't, he was not Johnny Depp Nightmare what he is Street. now. Um, yeah. but the studio, the, one. the studio was like, well, he was like, can I, can I put Johnny Depp in the movie as one of the, as one of Packard's guys? And they were like, no, no, we don't know who that guy is. Like, we don't want that guy. We, we don't know that guy. And, um, he was like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? So, <laughs> Uh, Johnny Depp could have been in the Wraith. Thanks, well, studio. I think I think Mike Marvin is a, a a really kind of underrated director. If you think about it, just what what he was able to accomplish, and and For sure. uh, right. And Corey, you had said you know you're a big, obviously a huge Mad Max fan. Well, that was an influence on the director, and so was High Plains Drifter, which is actually one of my mm. favorite uh american westerns and yeah. if you think about it he he uh the character clint eastwood plays in high plains drifter is tortured and comes back as a ghost so and to Dude. seek revenge on the yeah. i'm, I'm with you man high, high plains drifter is one of my favorites too and the whole time i was watching this i was like man this is the crow meets high plains drifter meets death proof or something you know something with the car mad max or whatever yeah, and yeah. uh but speaking of the crow i'm like do you think that they uh what the character skank they got him his name from this uh totally. skank you know in this because i mean i mean the crow is is very much a very much an like you know obviously inspired by this you know uh, has to movie. be yeah. yeah it's a revenge movie they come back from the dead and then in both movies somebody's name is skank and they mm -hmm. talk really weird i'm just i was like i guarantee you that was a decision that was made you know it's as an homage to to this Oh yeah, big yeah. time, big time, and that and that and we didn't even hit on those two dudes. By the way, Gutterball and Skank. I mean, the, the supporting boy. actors. Gutter, Gutter boy, sorry, Gutterboy, Gutterball. Gutter Gutter <laughs> Skank is so much fun. I loved Skank in this movie, dude, and I loved how his his makeup changes all the whole time, and like his hair. I mean, that dude, uh, and then like the huffing and everything. Like like that. when they crashed their car, the Cougar. Um, he was sitting there and it was such a funny scene between him and gutter boy where he's like, I got to think. And he like freaking does like the spray up his nose, you yeah. know, the nitrous. And he's like, and gutter boy's like, that's what you do best, you know, thinking. And, but he's like, he, the whole time he's like, Oh my God, this is too much. And then there's that shot where like the car sort of like falls over a little bit and he's sitting there going, Oh, and you can tell that that was just like a take that they kept, but yeah. that was freaking awesome. Like he was, he was chewing up the the scene all the time and i was there for every second of skank i gutter boy i could take or leave but skank i was 100 percent there for i tell you gutter boy uh uh my my boy terry uh and i would call each other and leave messages as gutter boy and skank back and forth <laughs> to each other i still might have some saved on my phone somewhere but uh just like the, the lines, <laughs> the, the mumbling, like the, the things under their breath that they say. There's so many great mm -hmm. like little moments between those two. And they're so unique. Uh, like the supporting actors are equally as good as the leads. And they really are. I would... I would dare say that that the supporting cast is better than than the than the villain at least. Because um, even when Skank was like <laughs> when when uh, Packard was like telling him like you know do this or what towards the beginning of the movie, Skank's like oh man it's good. And he like snaps his head, you know, hits his head, and he's like it's downloaded right to my brain or whatever. I was like that's he's so much fun yeah. to watch the entire yeah. time. No, yeah, I, yeah, I would agree with that. 
Well, and and those guys they sh- they show various spectrums of human emotion. Whereas like Packard is just like this kind of he's just one dimension. You know, it's just like he just does. He's just angry and like he doesn't give a shit that his friends die. Whereas everyone else is like, I'm a little rattled, man. Like, they, what are we doing? Like, they just blew up. And you know, and Sherilyn Fenn's crying, fr- crying. She's like, I people are blowing up and dying, and this is crazy. And you know. Uh, yeah so they're, they're actually showing emotions they're they're showing fear they're showing um various yeah various human relatable things whereas packard's just like fuck you i'm 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 not afraid of anything and you're gonna die and i'm well, mean he's all calling the time. he's calling everyone he's calling everyone guy guy <laughs> what's up guy hey guy <laughs> and uh as 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 billy as billy said you know packard's a mistake in nature genetic yeah. mis genetic misfire <laughs> But see, I even like that, too, um, when Augie died and, you know, Sherilyn Finn's like messed up about it uh, because she's like, he used to live up the street from me. So, you know, she probably knew him growing up and everything, knew him before he became like this jerk. And uh, yeah, Yeah. that would that would rattle you, you know, like some even if you didn't like all these guys, you still knew him. You know, it's like you'd be a little rattled by that. For sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah, I and then he became, you know, a, a meth head road pirate. So uh, there you go, <laughs> which which basically uh, sums up uh, a lot of friends, I think, from high school. Whatever happened to that guy? Oh, he's on meth. <laughs> beep beep. Not that that happened to me. That's what you've got to say. No, that never happened to me. Um, you know, we we when when Dustin and I were discussing like talking about doing this movie. Uh, and, and thinking about actors involved, because obviously, you know, we want to bookend this with, with a, with a celebrity or a actor who was a part of the film. Uh, I reached out to Matthew Barry who plays Billy because mm. he's so good. He's so I, good he's, in this. He's, he's honestly, he's actually my favorite character in the entire movie. Me too. I love him <laughs> Me too. so much. Yeah. Why do you love and him he, so much? <laughs> and he's like, isn't he like a casting director now or something like that? Yep. He sure is. Yeah. Very, very prominent. Um, he, he, I thought his, I thought his, his, what he was doing in the movie was very, very believable. I, I liked, uh, again, I liked what he was doing as well. I, I, the supporting cast is very strong in this film. Honestly, weirdly, I thought Charlie Sheen was a little bit weak himself, but everybody else was, was great. Maybe it's just the two sort of leads going head to head that weren't the, the strongest. Maybe the director kind of spent more time on the the people around him and not the actual you know working with the leads or whatever but yeah but uh you know Sherilyn Finn was fantastic and I'm like oh man I've, I feel like I haven't seen her in forever and just just watching her here I was like man I forgot how gorgeous she is and just how awesome she is she I thought she did a great job in this movie and I was I was you know drawn into it mostly because of her and sort of how she was handling like the situations that were happening again with like Augie mm-hmm. like she was crying about I'm like yeah that's bringing me into the movie and but boy oh boy wowzers she's <laughs> gorgeous I, I I'm like it like rekindled my Sherilyn Finn love because I did like her a lot when I was a kid but I kind of sort of forgot you know and I was watching this I was, and I was not expecting boobs at all in this movie as for a pg-13 film not expecting that at all are you guys able to hear that yeah, yeah all it. right <laughs> figure it out figure it out said if i hear well, yeah boobs. this this movie really pushes the pg-13 envelope like it re- there's 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 no way in hell this movie would be pg-13 now this is a well, hard art to, to the point where i asked zach this morning i go 
dude, did we like, is it not really PG 13, even though it says it on the DVD? Like, is this one of those weird things <laughs> where it's like, it's, it, it's, it's a mistake. <laughs> is this a mistake? Because there's too mistake? much nudity. <laughs> not that I'm complaining, mind you. <laughs> right. You were pleasantly surprised. Probably pleasant, yeah, very yeah. pleasantly surprised. I mean, this, this, this movie is a part of the generation of just one of the guys and, and Goonies. Doc and Hollywood. Like, Doc. Yeah. Doc, Doc Hollywood, Hollywood. Where you're like, I don't know why I threw Goonies in there because just the swearing like, is the only thing. You're like nudity, one. you know, Goonies. When you see Chunk's <laughs> penis, it completely catches you off guard. It's so it's it is. it's so tactfully done, though. I mean, so it's tasteful. a statue, but still, it's naked. Uh, <laughs> no, but you're right that this movie really pushes the envelope uh, as far as getting away with stuff, and you know it's not just like from the opening scene from the opening scene or not the opening scene the opening flashback mind you of when jake is is jamie and he's he's flashing back to being in bed with which is supposed to be carrie but it doesn't look like her either and uh well, she it's a blonde girl the first time but then once the viewer discovers that Carrie was there they do the same scene over again but then you see that it's Sherilyn Finn mm-hmm. not not the, yeah. the whatever that blonde actress I thought at first because I was so thrown off the beat by the beginning I thought we were getting flashbacks to what he did to that couple at the beginning of the yes, movie yes yes but the, but but the second time I watch it, I, yeah. I realize that that's just a straight up cold open. Like it really has nothing to do with the plot of the rest of the the, the movie, other than to sort of set up, you know, what it is and, and what the, what situation. That these is. guys but take yeah. cars. That's it. I feel like. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which yeah. is honestly that was a that's a cool like that's another cool kind of thing like very Mad Maxy being like these road pirates and yeah. even the guy that they kind of fleece down you know for his car even calls them like pirates and I was like that's really yeah. cool like that's that's a cool idea too there's a, a lot of cool ideas in this movie and I do think that most of them get pulled off well you know I think most of them come to fruition but there's a lot of cool ideas floating around in this film well can we go back to the fact of Sherilyn Fenn for a second and just say please uh, please <laughs> when I first saw this movie. I didn't know I didn't know it was the same Cheryl and Fenn from just one of the guys because and the reason I didn't know right away is how tan she is in this. Oh. I thought it was like two different people. I was like that. No, that's they're two different people. Right. And then I see her in like a uh, full moon movie called Meridian. And I was like, no. Oh, yeah, that's Sherilyn Fenn. You know, and then yes. I see her in Boxing Helena. And I'm like, but wait, oh, she was so tan in The Wraith. This is uh, very racist, Zach. Very racist. <laughs> no. I, to me, it like looked like two totally different people. But then put again, a tan on. A totally different person. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, dramatically, to me. As... As a fan of Meridian, as someone who's seen Meridian a lot, and as a fan of Sherilyn Finn, this is the tannest I've ever seen her, to be mm. truthful Thank you. with you. It is. <laughs> and, right, and but you still, recognize, you still know who she is, though. You're not like, <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I'm talking about when I first, when I was a kid, when I watched yeah. this. You know, obviously now. Uh, right. When you but, were four. You know. Yeah, in, I, in, I in, give you the best. In, yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. And there's no tan <laughs> lines, by the way, too. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, shit. That need, that needs a sound effect. No, that's not the best. No tan lines. No I mean, tan lines. I, I mean, let like let's let's call it what it is. Like th- this movie, this movie really checks all the the those teenage adolescent vibes, you know. Yeah. And as a kid, I'm like, I'm going to Arizona. I- I'm gonna get a motorcycle. 
I'm going to hang out at the, at the Creek and then go to the burger place. And uh, that's what I'm going to, I'm going to wind up with a girl like that. <laughs> you instantly became like a redneck Creeker for some reason. And like <laughs> pretty much. Well, I, I did live in San Jose for a while. So yeah. And you mentioned Arizona, which this movie takes place in Arizona. Which is which is cool. I like yeah. it when you can tell that the movie was actually shot where it's supposed to take place, uh, especially since we just watched uh, Vamp, you know, a couple weeks ago. And, you know, they're supposed to be like in Kansas or something, but it's clearly yeah. like the hills of, you know, Hollywood and everything. You're like, OK, OK, but at least here. I'm like, yeah, that's Arizona. That's that's cool. <laughs> I like that. And I like seeing it, too, you know, and it's it. I, there's some shots when they're on the road that like at sort of towards the end specifically where the camera's kind of like going with the car oh, sort of up so and down good. those hills. And I, so I don't good. know a better place to like shoot something like that. You know, like it's so cool. You know, I mean like, you know, ju- juxtaposed with like Mad Max where like a lot of that was very straight and flat. It was fun to see all those hills and curves and turns. May it, it added to the to the you know the pressure and and you know you being on the edge of your seat. You're like oh like because you're not just racing the person. You're you're trying not to you know die and buy a car. You're trying not to go off the road or something like that. It, it seems like it's a very hard thing to do to, to be a race car driver, street racer in Arizona like this. But man, you know. Well, I, I had a I had a Mini Cooper for a couple of years, and I took it. I road tripped from L.A. to New Mexico. Uh, no joke. I was listening to the soundtrack, and and I'm driving on the road, and there are those long stretches where it's just like hills and hills and straight. And I was going 85, 90 miles an hour, just gunning it because there was no one around. And oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. So the frenetic pace in which they shoot these car scenes are fantastic uh it really feels believable and i even like you know even the last shot of the movie which is is you know by today's standards a little bit hokey with the with the kind of animated special effects looks pretty damn good for again a a low budge movie from 86 yeah i had zero problem with any of the special effects in the film honestly I love matte painting. I love like, I love eighties lightning. I love eighties, like, like fake lights. Like at the beginning when those orbs are, you know, flying through none of that CGI, like that's all either hand painted or some other effect thing or something. And I love seeing all of that. I loved when, uh, when the cops are watching them, kind of like, like in the middle of the movie where the car kind of disappears and, you know, blows up in the air and you, you can tell how they do it. You can tell how they composite it, but I don't care. I love it. That's the stuff that I absolutely love. And before we kind of move past the Mad Max thing, I got to also give them props. There was only like one shot in the movie that I saw that was like the Mad Max sped up footage, you know, which is always inherent with like those kind of movies. And and to the point, that's where everyone says it's the Mad Max sped up. Everyone gets that here. I honestly, I didn't see it that much. Like I, I like one shot when they're all the cars are sort of pulling away. Other than that. Yeah. The sense of speed. Yeah. Zach, you said is very frenetic. It's I, I looked forward to every chase in this movie up until the, you know, the very last one, every single one of them was awesome. So yeah, it's, it's the guy, the guy that shot this, this dude, Reed Smoot, who has like uh DP tons of things. But one of the, one of the things uh, that's also from the eighties that's, that's well known is um, uh, gleaming the cube. Um, mm. And it's kind of that similar, oh, yeah. you know, technique with the low to the ground skateboarding. So you you really just you're kind of the camera's so close to the road 
and you really feel, um, <clears throat> you know, you really feel connected to it. And yeah, I mean, considering this had no CGI, uh, it's insane. It's insane what they did. Um, really as far as, you know, and the Reed Smoot, Zach also, uh, uh, shot, uh, don't tell her it's me slash the boyfriend school starring Steve oh. Gutenberg. Um, <laughs> Nice. Got to get a good shout in there. Yeah. Just just had to have one. You got to have one. Goot it up, baby. And and Corey, you were saying too about, uh, uh, you know, you love lightning. Well, the original VHS of this was lightning video and Ah. that's who put it. So I, I don't have the VHS anymore. I wish I still did, but, um, the original opening. Why Why don't you have it? What'd you do with it? Um, actually I might still have it (laughs) (laughs) because I, I have terror vision on VHS. And I think I might still have the Wraith. I might have kept that. I have to right, go look. We're going to have to have a f- follow-up episode. <laughs> you should probably well, go look, we, we go look will... now. Is it in Bodhi's room? Is, is it under it Bodhi's is in Bodhi's bed? Room, if you can clamor is... around and uh, find... <laughs> well, or, or we'll save it for why does Zach own this uh, as a follow-up. But yeah, but that would Patreon. make sense why you, why you would own it, though. I, I, I was that, asking that why, why don't you own it? Why didn't you, why'd you give it away? I think um, no. I think I still have it. I think I yeah. still do have it, actually. But uh, yeah. but the other I light, put money, the, it's there. Yeah. yeah, I miss those old VHS uh, openings, though. Don't you? Like the the lightning video, wizard video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even on this Vestron, the opening to the Vestron, they they have the original Vestron opening just for like half a second, and then they blip to it's some cool. terrible looking. CGI thing, C- or whatever. Yeah, CGI thing, or so. It does. It, does Lionsgate own Vestron? Is yes. is that why this is okay? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, Lionsgate put this out. This this movie lived in obscurity for 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 years, just on DVD, crappy versions of DVD, and then it was on iTunes and showed up on Netflix. And I think um, the attention for it has been really big. I love the fact that. The, the the Blu-ray has a bunch of interviews with people in the movie, like Gutter Boy and Skank and and uh and, and Clint Howard. But it doesn't have Matthew Barry, and that's who we got on our show. And you know, it's like, wait a minute, Billy is he's the heart of this movie, if you think about it. His character is the heart. He he drives the narrative throughout this. Who are you, Bill? You said it, Billy. I gotta go. Hey man, wait a minute. Where you going? Where you going? Jake! Jake! Jamie! Jake! 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 Jamie! It's hilarious, <laughs> but it's also really heartfelt. Like it feels yeah. genuine. He cries. He, he, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I get it. I mean, it is funny, and and it's been what I've been saying all day long. Um, just I, literally, I'll just walk around the house yelling it to myself and and laughing. But th- I mean, that being said, uh, he is my favorite character in the movie. Uh, he, I absolutely adored him, um, and I loved like I loved his journey. I loved what he was doing. He was trying to protect Sherilyn Finn, but it wasn't. You know what I liked? I liked that he wasn't like didn't have a crush on her. He was just doing it because he was a good guy. And I even no. liked the part where he was like, "Hey, can I drive you home?" And she's like, "No, I'm I'm walking." He's like, "Good, I don't want to die." Basically, but yeah. like he he would have given her a ride home. He didn't want to because you know he knows that what would happen. But he still offered because he's a good guy. And I think that's the moral of the story is that's why he wins in the end. You know, or sort of he he gets the car and all that kind of stuff and and whatnot. And I think it's because you know he's not 
not sleazy. He was, he's like the only good guy there. And then that part where, you know, he gets beat up. And then when, when the, 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 the girl picks him up and off the ground, he kind of turns around to everybody and he's like, why didn't you help her? You know, type of yeah. thing. And there's like this muscular guy kind of flexing behind him. I'm like, but you didn't do <laughs> shit, dude. You were just as scared as everybody else. But I liked that. I liked how he like, addressed everybody but he's also the only one that would stand up and he's clearly like kind of shrimpy and stuff yeah he was he is the the soul of this movie it's it's not charlie sheen it's 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 billy well if you think about it too uh and uh, we 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 may not have said it earlier his brother was his brother is jamie his brother is jake you know and 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 so he knows his brother was killed by packard and he knows that his brother's girl was carrie is carrie so you know, he's like having to live this life. He's stuck in this town. And you think, my God, like how horrible is that? That every day Packard shows up and you're like, well, you got to be careful that I'm not going to wait, make your burgers the way you like them with the mayo and the thousand Island, (laughs) which you're like, how messed up is that? Right. That this, that this kid has to make special burgers for the guy that murdered his brother. His brother. Yeah. But, but but it's awesome, too, because yeah. he never backs down no. uh, to Packard. Packard's like, I'm going to take your car. And he's like, no, you're not, dude. Like, yeah. we're, we're adults here. This is not happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like and like immediately he immediately starts talking shit about about Skank and Augie and stuff. Augie, yeah. And I and I love it when Augie kind of goes after him and Packard kind of grabs him by the face. And Augie's like this, like, freaking demented dog, like with his <laughs> eyes all rolling back. Like, I'm going to get you. But even Billy Dibbs, like fuck you dude you're you're doof like you're all you know i mean they're not like they are capable and he would have like you know been killed but i like the fact that he didn't back down that's that kind of endeared him to be early on in the movie now he's he says hey has this guy been wormed or is he just naturally a gifted child (laughs) (laughs) i love that um i i the, the the kind of overall things that bother me about this movie are twofold. One is like, how incompetent is the police force that they yes. couldn't solve this murder? You know, where there totally. is this witness in Sherilyn Fenn, like, even though, you know, whatever she was covered, she couldn't, she didn't get a, get a, you know, look at the guy that killed him. It's like, and the fact that Packard, like what kind of charade is this guy pulling where he's like, I murdered your boyfriend and now I'm going to be with yeah. you and like not have any slip ups you know, ever not be like, never, never accidentally just be like, yeah, well, I'm going to do what I did to Jake. To, I, I, I mean, Jamie, I mean, you know, whoops, you know, um, like <laughs> this is a very solvable crime, I guess is my point. It's not like, you know, it, it, yeah, it was very clear murder done with a certain <laughs> weapon that was probably retrievable. And well, no, he still has it. He still has the knife he used. Yeah, it's the same knife. <laughs> but I'm saying if Sheriff Loomis, played by Randy Quaid, who we haven't mentioned yet, fucking just investigated and showed up and was like, hey, um, I'm looking for this knife that, you know, stabbed this kid. Um, does anyone have it? Uh, oh, you have it. Um, well, and he does. He rolls, up on, he rolls up on, on uh, you know, Packard's. Uh, he walks in on Packard when he's betting a girl right at the end. Yeah. And so he, he clearly has free reign to just walk wherever he is, but he is, yeah, he is incompetent. He's too busy making um, cutout paper cutouts of people. <laughs> it was very good, by the way. I was very impressed. Yeah. With that. Yeah. 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 
<laughs> yeah, Ran- Randy Quaid is he's he's doing some stuff in this movie, man. He is he's doing things. He's making decisions as an actor. <laughs> to piggyback on what you're saying, Dustin, too, about about the cops, the, Randy Quaid's delivery is like he is in like this 1940s or, or like he's delivering his lines like he's in a um yeah 1940s noir like like yeah yeah like he's got this like yeah Yeah, dude i I picked up on that a hundred percent i was like he's doing like it like a noir detective thing but he should be like the like with his delivery and his his accent he should be in the city and it should be raining but yet he's in the desert and he's like a a sheriff it's it's just kind of not like it's not jiving but i know i got the same vibe as you did zach it's like he's like doing some kind of noir thing and it's it's yeah it's interesting i will say i mean he delivers his lines without blinking he looks dudes right in the eye and he just spouts nonsense lines and has no problem doing it i'm like randy yep. quaid that's why you're a professional right there yep. you mean you mean a nonsense line like uh okay pal time to drain the drug overdose sloshing above your eyebrows and tell me who the dude was driving that other car yeah, dude, like shit like that. He doesn't even flinch when he says no. it. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> well, and, and you know, Randy Quaid was on fire at this time. He, we didn't know he was crazy at this point or he hadn't gone off the cuckoo train, you know? He, yeah. He, and uh, he was on fire. Yep. Great A. Because how, how soon was, because um, Vacation uh, was before this. Well, wasn't it like Vacation like 81 or something like that? Vacation the original, was like, yeah. Yeah, it was early '80s, and then but and then think about Christmas it. Christmas was like late '80s, right? Christmas vacation, yeah, it was like late '80s. But yeah, yeah, he's. I mean, yeah, dude, I I remember Randy Quaid being a staple, uh, you know, of 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 my life back then. Well, he was. I mean, he 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 said he had like bit roles and stuff, and then huge roles and stuff. You know, he was in the Wildlife, which we were talk we talked about on this on our show before, uh, and 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 he had a big like standout small role in that but yeah i mean the guy the guy is like he's money you know major league right he had bit roles in major league and um oh yeah taunting wild thing and right but that came out after this the the die hard indians fan who so good so good i I still Um, say uh he's gonna need a rocket up his ass to catch that one (laughs) (laughs) well and and i know you guys are hating on nick casavetti's i feel like um I, I'm not defending him, but I will I, his character per se. But I will say that he, I I couldn't wait to see him get his comeuppance, right? Because yeah. he was such a goof, like such a goober, with his with his with his leather vest on at the at the watering hole, you know, with uh with his whole outfit on. Like he's not dressed for the to lay out in the sun he's dressed to like go party at a bar or something you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he's pale like he's never even seen the sun i'm like dude you live in arizona like everybody should be right tan if she's bronzed he can't be yes there's there's got to be a balance I, I was just going to compare him to the villain in Savage Streets yes. as far as like these kind of like tall, intimidating actors go, whereas that guy was super intimidating. I just I didn't feel it from Nick Cassavetes, uh in, in this one. But I'm, I'm with you. I was rooting for him to get his comeuppance, but I just I just didn't feel it the same way I felt like with like Savage Streets or something. I, I love that you that you thought Nick Cassavetes was just a flashback guy. Like, I, I, because- I love that. 
Because in my brain, <laughs> as much as Zach's talked about him and how much he loves him, it couldn't be. It, it can't be, be the dork. Can't be, can't it can't be, be the eight foot tall dork. <laughs> no, but he's so he's so good in that that scene where uh, where the wraith comes in and starts destroying their their garage, and he's like, you know, trying to be all tough. And he's starting to lose his shit because the Wraith is totally destroying every yeah. single car. And which I think is hilarious. Like his his reaction, because Clint Howard has the the realistic reaction. Like, oh, my God, he's freaking out, you know, and, and Gutter Boy has the unrealistic reaction of swimming away on the <laughs> on the roller thing. It's great. He's the Jim Varney of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. No, main... But then, then we got Minty over there, like wearing this weird costume of like being like an old, again nineteen forties like yeah. like Wall Street guy or, or you know money guy or something. <laughs> but I was like, it's it's wild, it's wild. But that garage was freaking awesome. That garage oh, yeah. set was so damn cool. I was like, now this is an awesome hideout right here. And again, every single car was freaking awesome i think uh i think my favorite car was minty's did he have that i think he had a yellow trans am with the yes. giant blower on the hood yep. and then kind of sort of a like front scoop on it man that thing looks so freaking mean dude like i mean and then of course casavetti's uh uh silver with like those awesome like Corvette. 70s like like i like the brand like the yellow and like uh uh you know maroon sort of trim or something yeah. kind of had that 70s vibe to it but yeah that stingray was my god that thing was cool every single car was was a winner uh um the the, the cougar you know skank's car was awesome too so I, I love the cars fuck those I, cars up in the garage fuck he just up. yeah he blew the yeah. hell out of them right there yeah i almost got a dodge daytona because of this car or because of this mm. movie I wanted to dodge Daytona because of this movie, because in the opening, the opening had such an impact on me. And we'll get to the uh, the soundtrack in a minute, because that opening song is like the song for this movie. But but the the uh, the race between I think Augie has a Daytona, too. Right. Uh, yeah. Or, or variation. Augie, Augie's is a Daytona as well. I don't think it's the same guys that they got. I'm sure they just probably stripped his car George. for, yeah, for Augie's uh, parts or something like that. But yeah, Augie's was a Daytona as well. Oh, for an 80s car? It's cool. It's a cool 80s car. I mean, shit, Billy's MG was all beat up, but it's still pretty badass. And before sure. we get off the cars, I love one of my favorite scenes is when the cops think they have the Wraith kind of trapped on that bridge. And then he just like revs up and just explodes through the, the front of those two cop cars. I love how the cop car bodies don't move. They just the front <laughs> ends just explode into like paper mache. I was like, that is freaking cool. And like, uh, you know, I'm and of course, I'm watching this kind of comparing it to the car with with uh, Brolin and everything. Both of them, you know, kind of like have oh, that yeah. desert vibe, you know, car and everything. Totally. And I was going and that scene right here, because I love the scene in, in the car where he kind of takes out those cop cars and everything. This one I thought was better. This one I thought was freaking awesome. The way he just destroyed the two front ends of those cars and all of them for that matter. Like I loved how, and then the, the truck carrying all of those cars and in, in the final uh, race with him and Packard and like, you know, Packard kind of makes the, the truck drop all those cars off the back. Like, Wow. That is that. That was a hell of a stunt. Like, and that's a lot of cars like involved, like like stunt cars driving, cars falling. Like, holy moly, that's some Fast and Furious shit right there. And that was from 1986. Like, Nailed it's, it. it's 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 awesome. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Zach said nailed it and I was late on the sound effect. Oh, uh, I don't like that. It's so lame. No, that's bad too. Um, yeah, they loaded up all these cars too with just like nitroglycerin and just like packed them with ammonia. Like just, just you know, these things are all going to explode. Um, and somebody uh, did die on this movie. Mm-hmm. This, they, yes. they, they, did, they did lose a uh, stuntman. So it wasn't all clean clean fun yeah. clean safety yeah unfortunately and i think that was the um yeah. in memory of at the end yeah yes. and obviously that's terrible but but um worth it yeah <laughs> no no that, he had a good he had a good he, run he had a good run sure, he had a good run zach that's right <laughs> fuck you guys he had a, uh, he had a good run <laughs> and it was your, that last run see this is what happens in a polygamous relationship it was they always gang up run. on the man they may, they gang up on the man <laughs> Um, wait a minute so no so i was cory cory is the, is the that a good run thing is that something that he has done like did did you come to that separately or he, 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 he dropped it on on monster squad and uh <laughs> but i've heard him say it on two dollar as yeah, well yeah because like three of the people it, in monster squad are dead so i was like yeah well, so this he, guy. he saved it for like the third one like he didn't drop it for every single one of them yeah because that guy made saved it to it like eight or something amazing. Yeah. amazing you're like hey you had a good run and i think i laughed at that one too and you're like ah. I, yeah i was yeah. gonna say though because i i'm fairly naive to to um movie making when it comes to stuff like this they didn't have a whole lot of leeway with shooting these car scenes like if the car got destroyed and that was it that was i mean they probably could get another car i wouldn't be surprised if they had at least two two of each car you know what i mean yeah but have to i imagine that's wild to me you know yeah yeah. Um, no, I mean, and for a low budget film, they they do the the, the all that kind of stuff, you know, very well. Um, I also really thought that the the idea of the the per, the, the the people he kills, their bodies are like still fine, um, and yeah, except for cool. their eyes are gone. Although at the end, I wish Nick Cassavetti's eyes were open and you could see that they were black as well. But mm. I was like, okay, that's fine. Maybe they may be gone underneath, you know, his lids. That's fine. But I was like, that's cool. And then I read online that like the director was saying like it was the opposite of a lightning hit because a lot of times when when something like that happens or, or spontaneous combustion, the person will burn up, but then they're weirdly their clothes won't, you know, and, and like maybe their shoe won't, you know, even though they combusted into flames. Mm. And he said he wanted to do the reverse, whereas everything around them was destroyed and blown up except for them. Mm. And I, cool. I thought that was such a cool like thing that I was not expecting at all. I thought that it was just going to be normal kills and everything. I liked that 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 the bodies had this like supernatural look to them afterwards. I was like, that's cool. That's a cool idea that's right there. Point. Supernatural, supernaturals. I almost kind of wish like something like that happened in the Crow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I wish he did something like suck their souls out or something like like Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat or it, something. It's it makes it unique. It makes the movie it unique. It sets it, it apart from other movies. I, I wanted to see if maybe I. Maybe I had Supernatural here, but I don't think I have it. Supernatural. <laughs> the op- the opening shot of the, of the car chase, um, well, with the with the credits, right, with the opening credits of the movie, and you hear this song that comes on. Th- Where's the fire by Tim Fian yes. to me is, is, is such an underrated song. 
it's it's so damn good there's there's two songs specifically in this in this movie that i want to point out obviously the the entire soundtrack is killer um and just really quickly it's got ozzy osbourne on it it's got stan bush it's got um ian hunter from mott the hoop loser uh, ian hunter if, if you don't loser. know if you yeah it, it's got uh it's got motley crew it's got well, robert so I, I saw that on the I saw that on the cover. I, where was the Motley Crue song in there? It's um, Scudder Boy and Skank are listening to it in their car. Oh, when okay. They roll okay. up. Um, okay, but it's, it's, it's yeah, okay. It's it's in uh, what diegetic music? Is that when it's in the world? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Diegetic. Yeah. yeah versus non. Yep. Yeah. It's got Lion. Lion uh, did a bunch of songs oh. for Transformers the movie soundtrack. They do the Transformers, you know. Oh, like they actually they do the re they did the remake of the uh, intro music or whatever. Yeah, the metal song in the in the movie. Oh yeah, right? that's so cool. Um, Bonnie Tyler, Total Eclipse of the Heart. She's love, she's I she's always love this. me some love. Her. I love me some Bonnie Tyler, dude. It's got Billy. They got Billy Idol in this as well. Um, and then they've got uh, oh, it, it, they've got a. Uh, this band called Honeymoon Suite, which is a Canadian band, which is really good. Honeymoon Suite has actually got a bunch of great songs. I highly recommend them. And then obviously the 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 first of two, which I think are great, Hold On Blue Eyes, which was used in the in the love scene. It is such a amazing song. Hold on blue eyes. It it just it's so good. It is like the, the hold on blue eyes and and um where's the fire to me are like perfect bookend songs almost like why well, i want to put both of them on the sound yeah um, you know because yeah, i, I asked zach like which one we were doing because i was like i really like the one in the the water where they make you know they make love and he's like yeah hold on blue eyes like yeah it was really good so like when i listened to it again um i do agree that uh that that uh where is the fire is 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 a bit more fun um but i love like my theme of like i i don't know man i love hold on blue eyes i thought it was i think it's an awesome awesome song well it's it's another kind of unknown where like the band was called la marca and there's nothing really online you can find about them uh la marca and tim fian tim fian is like kind of a behind the scenes guy um He's actually friends with Rob Bonfiglio, friend of the show. And uh, and I'm like, oh, we got to maybe track him down and talk about this. He was a Canadian artist who did a bunch of songs. His voice, his vocals remind me of the guy from Go West, the lead vocalist from Go West, um, in that kind of like soulful white guy voice. And But Where's the Fire is like such a driving song. It's such a like a workout song. It's the get you pumped up kind of song. Is, is it can, on the Blood Brothers playlist? No, it's not, but it's on mine. Well, the, well, you better go tell DJA that that he needs to get get on that shit. Well, I'll do you one better. If uh, if people sign up for the highest tier on our Patreon, they get a cultivated mix CD, courtesy of Dustin and I. And where's the fire? Will wind up on that mix CD every six months. I send out a cultivated disc of uh, ten. You days. actually mean curated, but cultivated works also. But um <laughs> I do and I do. Yes I, and I yes. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> but uh 
uh, uh, yeah, I'm trying so hard to, to upload these various things so we can actually hear them while we're talking. And if I knew that we could do that, I would have prepared beforehand, but uh, <laughs> I didn't know we could do that. So we won't be able to to live analyze, which would be a, a very fun thing to do, I think. And it's funny because when I was watching it with Myra, the you know, um, Where's the Fire comes on, and we both look at each other and we go, it's a Zach movie. There's something out there I can hear it calling. I want to hold it, but I'm moving too fast. Where's the fire? Everybody's always asking me, where is it, baby? Doesn't anybody know? Where's the fire? It's burning up inside of me. Where is it, baby? Open up the door and let me go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that song bonded Dustin and I. Dustin uh, hey, and I, I talked can, about this. I, I, I can yep. see. I can see why. Um, in, in the pantheon of of the songs that you've sort of introduced me to, with like stuff like Neon Slime and Bump in the Night and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's up there, buddy. It's it's. I would put put it in the top five. You know, like it's it's a lot of fun. It's a great great song, and I. I wanted. I, I, I wish it was on Spotify. I would have put it on like '80s Grady's playlist. It would have been right there, buddy. And it's because it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's really a bummer that uh, Scotty Brothers. Scotty Corey, Brothers. What do you, what do you like, think of this song that, that's coming in right now? What do you? What do you? What do you? What are your thoughts on? Do you have any thoughts on? Um, this has nothing to do with the Wraith, by the way. But this is just a, a song. You know, speaking of Zach songs, um, it's a little song. By by an artist called Mavis Staples, yeah, and uh, and from the movie Wildcats, starring Goldie Hawn. Uh, this was the this was the first movie that Zach and I, first song that Zach and I really kind of. Oh, here it is. Mm-hmm. I just uh, want to use my newfound powers for good. I, 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 I this song I enjoy this song and I just watched Wildcats like what a month ago or something. I mean I've, I've seen it a million times, but I got the shout yeah. shout select you know Blu-ray yeah. and I watched it like uh, like a month ago and yeah that song is awesome and I love Wildcats. I think it's a great movie. Hell yeah! Thank you. Um, that's okay. That's interesting. Okay, so I mean we've sort of settled this uh, debate because people do overall love Show Me How It Works. I find it to be very um, repetitive. And, that, and, and you're in, entitled in a, to that. In a kind of a way. Um, were you just were you just talking about that on the rad episode? Whoa. I think, about how about how repetitive? Uh, show me how it works. And I, and I was listening I to sure that episode, was. and I forgot. I forgot. I, I was because I, I I've, I'm not oh. good like musically, uh, and I was trying to recall what song that was. Now that I hear it, I know what you mean because <laughs> they just they just say it over and over again. They show just, me, yes. yeah, yep. Yeah, uh, I, I just uh, needed to finally clarify for Zach why I don't like it, and it's just because she doesn't. There's there's no you know variation on the on the chorus. It's just show me how it works <laughs> seventeen times in a row, and that to me is not very interesting as a song. Uh, thank you guys for that little. I was going to point out too that the, on the sound on the Wraith soundtrack, it's uh it's put out by Scotty Brothers Records, and do you guys like Scotty Brothers Records in the eighties was like really prominent with doing movie soundtracks, um just you know like Eddie and the Cruisers or Eddie and the Cruisers two, which mm, are two mm-hmm. great soundtracks in my opinion. 
Um, yeah. I think they might have done a, a Rocky movie. I'm not sure uh, off the top of my head. I think the soundtrack I cared the most about when I was growing up was The Crow. I, I didn't honestly until, uh, uh, you know, we started doing the podcast together and even just being friends before that. I didn't pay as much as to, to soundtracks as uh, as I do now. Um, and I, I sadly, I don't have a, a good vocabulary either to talk about music. I don't even know how to talk about music. I just talk about what I like. But Dustin, like, right, I, going back to the soundtrack with Tim Fian, Where's the Fire, would you say that this is the song, the, 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 the song to mostly champion? Or would you say Hold on Blue Eyes? Yeah, I would say Where's the Fire. I, it's interesting because I, I, we didn't discuss this at all. And, and I feel like that's happening more and more where we just kind of get into the show. And then I'm like, well, what yeah. song are we covering? Um, <laughs> which is fine because we always kind of get there and kind of dip into everything. Anyway, anyway, but, um, yeah, man, I, yeah, I just, I, um, uh, I wanted to just touch on what Corey said as far as like, you know, you don't, yeah, music, you don't necessarily, you don't need like credentials to, you know, explain what you like. It's just like, you just feel it and, yeah, uh, it hits a memory or it hits a moment or it hits a whatever. And, um, and I think that, um, yeah, I, I don't think there's a bad song on the soundtrack. No, there really isn't. I, I don't. So no, nothing, nothing took me out of it. No. You know, when I was listening to it, I mean, if anything, it, it brought me in closer. I was like, oh yes, yeah, this song rocks. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And then they, you know, they go to the the Burger Shack, and and what is it like? Addicted to love. Addicted to love. Yeah, addicted to love's, yeah, love's yeah. on there. I'm like, yeah, yeah. like this is yep. awesome. Like, and also like what. <laughs> But, you know, I'm not I'm not going to be upset for Billy because he's like he's the only guy working with like fucking eight yeah. hot chicks, half naked, brawless, including like, you know, all Burke, around right? him. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, come on. It looks like a fun place to work. I'm not going to lie. And one of the one of the girls was actually like the just like the daughter of the the person that actually not that not owned the, not owned the shack. But uh, I'm going to fuck this up. But the director was like, oh, um like he needed a favor from somebody in town and they're like, can you put my daughter in the movie? And then she went on to, to actually have a career and her name. Oh, really? Was... Was, yeah. The, was the, the, Burke? the blonde, the blonde at the, uh, at the restaurant. Wait, oh, the blonde oh, the... who ends up being in bed with mm-hmm. Packard. Vicky. Yeah, Is it Vicky Benson? Benson? Vicky Benson. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think it is. Yeah. Vicky, yeah. Vicky that's a, that's and, wild. That's and there's one great shot where like the girl at the beginning, like comes right to the camera with like her chest and it like, I mean, it, it goes right into her nipple. I'm like, <laughs> guys, guys, this is PG 13. What is happening? Even if sleazy C is saying, guys, what are you oh doing? It's <laughs> too well, yeah, much nipple be- for sleazy C. Like, <laughs> In a PG-13, move- ah. I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared for this. That's hilarious. I remember seeing a version of this where they edited the love scene. Um, it, it, it was on HBO, I think. And I'm like, wait, no, 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 no. This is not canon. <laughs> you know, there should be a nipple. Real... There should be a nipple yeah. at 56 and a half minutes. Where is it? And by today's standards, it's pretty tame. But, you know, but still, it's still pretty hot. But, but you would never see this amount of nudity in a PG-13 movie now. Ever. No. There's like four, three or four scenes of nudity. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it's but, wild. But look, but that the I think that the perfect combination, great cast, uh, mm-hmm. unique story, killer soundtrack, 
and uh, beautiful visuals and set pieces. I mean, it's a it's a it's a pretty damn good movie in the in the, in the... high octane action. Like, yeah, don't like seriously like the, the, this movie, like everything around it is supposed to sort of probably service that action. And if that action wasn't serviceable, you know, it wouldn't have been worth it. But man, you just you get so much out of every single one of those those races and they never feel repetitive either. You know, they they, they feel no. each one feels interesting um even though you sort of it's weird because it is repetitive you know what's going to happen it's whenever the the wraith kind of takes the lead and then you, you got to be wondering like well then at that point like why are you still driving yeah like why is the other guy still driving because like he just clearly has outclassed you completely and that right. is kind of his his move but it didn't ever feel like it was old you know it didn't ever feel like it was repetitive probably because it was so frenetic and, and visceral, like the action scene. So yeah, it's 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 a wild ride, man. I just well, I, I but Nick Cassavetes was <laughs> my biggest question mark in this whole movie. <laughs> well, the synth the synth sound the the synth wave soundtrack is really good as well. The instrumental, like the score mm-hmm. itself, and that is featured more prominently in the race scenes. You know. Um, mm-hmm. which, which keeps the pacing going. It's a decent, it's, it's a, a great score as well. So, you know, I will not be surprised that this, I would not be surprised that this gets re-released down the road some, somewhere, shape or form. What? Oh, like, uh, the, the soundtrack. Yeah. yeah for sure. Who, yeah. uh, who did the score? Cause I feel like this is going to be one of those missed opportunities, like where we, where we don't deep dive into it. And then later I'm going to be like, find out that it was like, um. Well, I, yeah, I started looking you it know, up. Tangerine actually. Dream or some shit, and I'm gonna be, oh fuck. Well, there is a there is a Tangerine Dream connection, um, because <laughs> Michael Michael Honig and Peter J. Robinson um, were the guys who did the soundtrack, and okay, what uh, do we both know about of those guys. Michael Honig was a German producer, a composer, and okay, uh, okay. Michael Honig is a English or sorry, uh, Peter Robinson was a big in like the pop scene working with people like Brian Ferry and Steelers wheels and okay. Yeah. And Lloyd yeah, Weber. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Phil Collins. And then Michael Honig, you know, he's part of Tangerine dream. So there you okay. go. There you go. There, there you go. <laughs> that is exactly, that is exactly why I asked that question. That's amazing. <laughs> He was born yeah. Tangerine Dream. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Your biggest fear was almost realized. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, hey, here's a question that I have for you guys, because this is something that, that has always sort of uh, scratched away at my mind. Do you, Can you think of a better... What do you think of the title of The Wraith? Com- compared to its original title which was turbo interceptor i think that i think the wraith is is much more catchy i actually really like the wraith and it yeah. actually fits i think it fits well for the for what the movie is oh that's i mean that's a great answer i you know because i've always felt like if i knew nothing about the movie i'd be like oh it's just about like a ghost that like does wraithy things you know and uh and i wouldn't necessarily associate it with a with a car movie, um, you know, and, and it has sort of an extraterrestrial type type feel to it as well. So having never seen either uh, in my head, I always assumed that the Wraith and nomads 
was the same mm. like kind of movie. Like it was just people in the desert fighting ghosts. Oh, okay. That was my yeah, my assumption. <laughs> That's really interesting. Nomads, not a very good movie, by the way. I- I've never seen it. I mean, unless, unless Zach, you make me see it, I'll probably never see it. Zach owns I won't. It. Go, I go like pull it. out the VHS. Go, go show Corey. <laughs> He's got no. the vinyl. <laughs> yeah, vinyl. Is it a vinyl? Um. Okay. So, so you, Dustin, you sparked a little interest in me. I'm going to run down some of the various names this movie had in other parts of the world. Oh, in Canada, perfect. it was known as Phantom under its French title. Um, in France, not, not to be confused with uh, Ben Affleck's Phantoms. Nope. In France, <laughs> Les Spectre was the DVD title. I like that. In France, the TV title was Turbo Interceptor. In Germany, it's known as Interceptor. Uh, and then in Ooh. Mexico, it's known as Turbo Boy. No, sorry, <laughs> Turbo Cop. Turbo Cop. Turbo, Turbo Cop. Cop? Yes, turbo. But cop. he's not a cop. That doesn't. Even... No, but... <laughs> that seems like somebody's messing around with us. Oh, sorry. And then in Spain, lastly, Spain, the TV title, El Ejecutor. <laughs> El Ejecutor. That's my name in Spanish. <laughs> El Ejecutor. Ooh. Ejecutor. Like, what is the definition of an interceptor? It's a device, right? Isn't it? Something well, that I takes... always know from the the Mad Max car, you know, right. as the Interceptor, um, which I think would have been confusing if they did name this Turbo Interceptor, you know. Yeah. Um, but then he calls it that at the end when he gives it to Billy. He's like, it's the it's one of a kind Turbo Interceptor turbo made interceptor. by Dodge. With, with big the Dodge fuck? stickers right on it. <laughs> yeah, with big <laughs> Dodge stickers. It's interesting. I, yeah, I was just trying to check it out, and the the biggest thing that comes up is a heartworm dog medication. So yeah, I was that <laughs> doesn't give well, us any definition. It's funny because you said one of them was Spectre, and I remember when I used to play a game called Twisted Metal. One of the uh, one of the characters you could be was like this, like sort of convertible, like you know, uh, Corvette sort of thing. But his name was Spectre, and he was a, sort of a similar thing. He was kind of a wraith. He was kind of he died and he came back, and he was I think he was the mm. only one that was really like more of a ghost kind of character. Yep. But I was like, huh. And so you, you say it, and I'm like, I wonder if that's some kind of reference. Like they knew that it was called Spectre you know and they just called it that yeah i wouldn't be surprised well the actual definition is a person or thing that stops or catches someone or something going from one place to another that's what interceptor means it would have worked oh like i I, would have worked i literally intercept you on your way to the mall yeah Yeah. i'm like i i'm I'm not i'm not allowing you to go to the mall susan (laughs) and she's like why and uh, because i'm intercepting you Intercepted. I'm intercepting your love. I mean, that makes sense. You know, like now that I said intercepted, I'm like, oh, yeah, well, like football, it would just be like you catch it. But it seems like such a device. Yeah. yeah. The the yeah. wraith is stronger, especially when you would see it like actually like, you know, the title drawn out. It's 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 a cool looking word. Does that make sense? Like sometimes yeah. words actually look cool, you know, and I'm they like, do. yeah, that that, that was the right choice right there yeah. for sure. Doesn't and it's sense. and honestly, it's it's also more intriguing than than nomads as like yeah. kind of telling you what it's sort of about. I would imagine. Yeah, totally. Having never seen nomads, it's no, you're not missing anything. Trust me, <laughs> you're not missing anything. Isn't Pierce Brosnan in that? Yeah, Pierce Brosnan. It's mm. not good. Mm. It's been a while since I've seen it, but it's not good. <laughs> 
All right. So now it's time for 1986 fun facts. And I know Cooley's got some fun facts as well. Yeah, I guess I, I, I found, some, I uh, found I gonna a couple of fun facts. A, I'm going to throw a wrestling one out there first, just because I y'all know I love my wrestling. Uh, in yes, we know which cities it took place in, Zach. You just went through this on the other thing. <laughs> na, na, Uniondale. <laughs> I've already forgotten. Yeah, like, what? Rosedale. <laughs> Rosemont. I've already purged it from my memory. Illinois. <laughs> Yeah. If you don't know what Dustin's talking about, become a Patreon. Consider becoming a Patreon and listen to What Does Dustin Know? Because Corey was going to join us for that as well. And you'll find out they go head yep. to head in that episode of What Does Dustin it's Know? It's so really dramatic. It is dramatic. It is. It's good. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good yeah. audio. Um, so the 80s, the mid 80s were wild for wrestling. Uh, there was, it wasn't just WWF or what is now WWE and WCW, which is like kind of the most prominent at the time, or AEW, which is now kind of a big deal. Uh, there were tons of factions and touches, tons of uh, promotions back then. One of them was world-class championship wrestling in Texas. And uh, their biggest mm. draw was the Von Erichs. And if you don't know who the Von Erichs are, is one of the most depressing, sad stories in wrestling. Um well, I won't bore you with it today. I will. There were like seven time. of them, right? Because I think you spoke to me about them recently. Five brothers. Five yeah. brothers. They and all only died one in of like them horrible. is now alive. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Wait, how, how did they all die? Uh, okay, so so uh, one one died. I, one was a one was a toddler, and he was electrocuted in the in the in a baby you pool know, outside. Yeah, what? You know, what? Just, um, just three of the just brothers, David. Carrie and um, was it Eric? I think no. Eric, Eric, Von Eric. Eric Von Eric was not one of them. Yeah, I I don't think it was. No, he was the, he was like one of the younger ones. Carrie and David. Uh, David died of a of a rare like heart condition, oh and uh, he was at the top of his game. So horrible. Top of so his horrible. game. Um, and but he had a good run. Yeah, you know, <laughs> no, he, he did he, have a good run. He had a good run. He should have. The guy no, was. This the is guy sacred. Would've... This is sacred. This is not a good <laughs> the run. Guy, the guy, the the guy would have been a huge superstar, um, but he wasn't. And his and the the brother Carrie wrestled with half a foot on one side. Um, he died in. A, he got his foot mangled in a motorcycle accident and had to have it amputated. Yeah, and then he committed suicide. Um, and then uh, one of the other brothers committed suicide by zipping himself up in a uh, sleeping bag and asphyxiating himself. I mean, that's um, just. Then the dad died of it's like the I opening think, of Magnolia, right here. Pretty much, like, uh, Kevin something. Von Erich is is still living. Um, but the promotion, which who the 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 father, their father ran the promotion. He was also a wrestler as well, Fritz Von Erich. Um, he thought it would be a good idea to bring in some random wrestler and call them a, a Von Erich, named him Lance Von Erich. He's like, oh, he's a long lost brother, basically, of the Von Erichs. This guy was not related to them in any way, but all the brothers legitimately were. And after um, David Von Erich died, they had a Von Erich memorial for him every year, a big uh, kind of like their WrestleMania in a way. And they had a big, um, you know, the Freebirds were there. 
Uh, at one point, Kerry Von Erich wrestled Ric Flair. It was a great match. But this was their third annual uh, Parade of Champions Von Erich Trip Memorial. And that promotion was slowly going downhill. I just want to shout them out because it's, they're worth looking into. If you're a wrestling fan, look into the Von Erich story because it is wild. Um, <laughs> there's a documentary on YouTube yeah. which you can check out. It's free. What's amazing about all of this is that you could literally be saying, you could just be making this up as you go along. And Corey and I would have no idea. We'd just be like, oh, wow. Like, the, the, you know, Pete, Peter Von Erich and, and uh, Klaus Von Erich. And then this guy came. You mentioned so many random first names there. I don't Carrie and Lance. And, I, I got a little suspect when it was Eric Von Erich. I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. I think Zach's just pulling this one out of his butt right now. Derek and no, Eric that one, and... That one I got wrong because uh, because he no the von Eric family was uh, Mike it was Mike von Eric and the sad story about Mike von Eric was he all his brothers were these jacked up big dudes right and he ends up becoming he's like five foot two and and his dad's like well you're too small to be a wrestler you're too small to be a wrestler you can't do it and he ended up committing suicide. Jesus Christ. Terrible. Terrible. That sounds nice. That sounds uh, that sounds supportive and nice. That happened in May of 86. Um, a very popular, some might say an icon of this generation, music-wise, was born on March 28th, 1986. Lady Gaga. Ah. Mm. Oh. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right. All right. Yeah. And on, on January fourth, um, Phil Lynott, the founder of Thin Lizzy, bass player, singer. Yes, 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 yes. Boys are back in town. Huey died. Lewis's uh, mentor. Yeah, Huey Lewis's mentor. Oh, that was the wrong sound for this. <laughs> for this, for I, me I'm saying that he thing. died, you play a laugh track. That was that was. Well, I don't. I yeah. I don't know how to do this. Um, yes, do you have a the boys are back in town. Do I have that song? God, that would be good. That's a great song, by the way. And I you know, Jailbreak, Jailbreak, uh, Cowboy Song. If, if if anybody is a fan of Thin Lizzy, they have a live album called Live and Dangerous that Huey Lewis actually plays harmonica on. Fun fact. Um, it's worth checking out. Is It is one of the best live records, in my opinion. So good. And Phil Lynott was a game changer. You know, he was kind of a, uh, like he stood out because he's this, this big black guy with a big Afro, uh, playing rock songs yeah. in a thick Irish accent, you know? Yeah. He's, was he, 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 was he Irish? Uh, on, Scottish? Yeah. Yeah. He's Irish. Um, Irish. he was, he actually has a statue, uh, in his honor in his hometown. Hmm. That's, um. Very boring. Uh, How dare you? (laughs) Rest. I don't know. It just got so quiet. I I love how Dustin slowly turned into the morning zoo. Hey, you guys, stay off the 110. It's like cats and dogs out there. What? Okay. I don't know. He, he was he was a heavy metal dude. Whiskey in the jar, another another really good one. Uh, You know, just yeah, yeah. Everyone knows whiskey in the jar. Everyone knows that. And he was a, he was he was a drug addict, right? He was he was a heroin yeah. addict. He used to shoot it into his toes. Yeah. Oof. 
I always then, hated that, that idea yeah. of that. I've, ever since I was a kid, I heard about it. Yeah. I was like, ooh, no. Yeah, like, but no, so, right like, he's webby, so good. The webby parts. The webby parts. Uh, freaks me out, man. He grew up in Dublin, Dublin, Ireland, and um, just, like, phenomenal musician. Phenomenal yeah. musician. No, he's, so. I'm, a, I'm a huge fan, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. There's a great photo of uh, Huey Lewis and him partying backstage. I like it because like like the boys the boys are back in town like he was just kind of like making up stuff you know like just they're hanging down at Dino's you know like I love that song great storytelling about the boys about the boys the boys are back it's no where's the fire though <laughs> well I have two a bit more mainstream I think uh, yes, than please. Zach's uh, take us home extremely yeah really niche, uh, but it was a, a fantastic year. 1986 was a fantastic year for video games, specifically uh, the Nintendo Entertainment System. Um, Zelda. We saw we saw Zelda came out. Uh, I think was it Czak? You couldn't have asked that. <laughs> and then, no, because and then I Metroid. Metroid came out in August, and I think those are two two video game franchises wow. that are still yep. around to yep. today, Huge. which is yep. insane. Yep. And I still remember playing both of them for the first time. How amazing it was! I remember the gold NES case that you know Zelda. You know, it's it's oh, you know I, I remember so cool. all of that. And yeah, wow! Like like the Nintendo. I've I've been playing video games since the Atari twenty six hundred. So I actually oh, yeah. remember upgrading to the Nintendo when a lot of people like the Nintendo was their first. I was like, nah, Atari, but no, man. man, yeah. Zelda and Metroid, nineteen eighty six. I, I love those facts. I, I had ColecoVision um mm. instead of Atari. But uh but do you remember like just like the stress of trying like when you had to save the game? Yeah. Because you had to push in reset, yeah. reset, and you'd be like Oh my god! Because if you lost your Zelda game, like it was such a—it's over. It's over. It's like you can't do that. Um, oh, Corey, did I you did you games. subscribe to Nintendo Power? Oh, of course, yeah. of course, yeah. yes, yep. Yeah. I I had the. I, sadly, I didn't have the first issue. I had from the second issue on. I, I wish I had that first issue. Yeah, me too. Love I wish I had shit. saved the issues because they're, they're cool. Yeah, I have so many like Fangorias that I didn't save, man. I didn't save so many magazines that I really, really wish I did save. But I was like, I had so many comic books that I just kind of had to do those, that thing where I'm like, look left, look right. I'm like, I can't save both of you. I can only save the comics, you know? And I, and I, but I wish I had those Fangorias. I wish I had those Nintendo powers. Sophie's choice. Yeah. It really, yeah, definitely. (laughs) I can't save both of you. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Which is the same feeling I have for my, all my VHS tapes. Cause I upgraded to DVD thinking they were all going to, everything was going to just go. Like everything was just going to go from VHS to DVD and then DVD to Blu-ray. And it feels like even less movies are out on Blu-ray than, than we're out on DVD. And now I'm like kicking myself for not keeping my DVDs. So I'm just like, Oh, come on guys. I'm an idiot. Come on, guys. Me. <laughs> Me. I'm looking in the mirror. Come you on, Call guys. yourself, guys. <laughs> come on, Jake, Jamie. Jake, Jamie, come on. <laughs> you said it, bro. You said it. <laughs> yeah, bro. You, you already said it, bro. Jamie. <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> you said it, bro. Uh, this was awesome, guys. I, I loved I love talking about the Wraith with you guys. This was fantastic. Thanks for coming. This was. This really was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I really do you, enjoy the, uh, the do dynamic. You, 
Do you want to be the third co-host? Is what Zach's asking. Do you want to? Do you want to come on? Do you want to have more work? Had, more work in your life. If I had time to, yeah. if I had time to actually watch everything, right. uh, uh, yes. And and but you know, one hundred percent truthful. I am always down uh, to come on. I, I specifically would like to come on and talk about my uh, uh, video store experiences on your all's Patreon page because I do have ten years worth of. Of, yeah. of of horror of being well and I, I say that as as i was the horror of that place i was the randall of of the, of our <laughs> store and uh and and i've seen some horrible things and i've i've said and done some horrible oh my things. god so i uh I'm, I'm always down to to come on there and dustin i know you did a, a watch list with zach a long time ago um but i would love to have you back on there again i think we should we, we can't like have, yeah you know, that would, we, i would love to have you back on at least once a year or something so that would be you know. sweet um for 10 years you worked in a video store 10 yep. that's that, that's yep. like a, a sentence yep. Um, and guys, if you haven't checked it out, listeners, if you haven't checked out our Patreon, please do so. Uh, Dustin and I try to put as much unique and quality content on there as possible. And it's fun. And um, it's only going to get bigger and better. So uh, please consider checking it out. And check out Podcasting After Dark's Patreon page as well. Um, we have a bunch of great interviews on there. Uh, Corey yes, and sir. I and wrap-ups and all sorts of fun stuff on Podcasting After Dark's Patreon page. But check out Corey's Podcasting After Dark uh, podcast in general with me. Like, we have a, we have a blast. It, it, it's, it's different. It was the funniest. It's different. It was like you forgot you were on the show or something. Like, <laughs> check out Corey's podcast with me. Like, that was really funny. Um uh, but but I, I think that that uh, we should explain too that you guys you guys really go deep. You dissect every minute, every frame, every scene. It's you you give it you give it a love. You give it a working. You give it a massaging. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a full on full on treatment. And I just want to put it out there as a standing of uh, uh, invitation, uh, Dustin. I I know that it's 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 a little bit long for you, but I am desperate, dying to do uh, the Legend of Billie Jean because oh, man, it yeah. was your all's episode that introduced that movie to me, especially that song and everything. And I've told Zach plenty of times. I'm like, it's a I think it could be a pad movie, but I was like, I I don't feel right doing it without Dustin. And I would love to one day, even if we have to do it in two parts or something, I don't care. But I'm we're never going to do that movie until you come on the show, because I think that's only right. Well, that is uh, an incredibly sweet invitation. And uh, yeah, I would I would love to do that with you guys, um, even if I just come for the first hour and then maybe I check out for a few hours and then I come back in, at the, for, you know, for the yeah, t- come back <laughs> in the the with, with your I final mean, thoughts. Like, I, I take a quick nap and I come back in and just refreshed. <laughs> You know, I bring you guys some Gatorade and orange slices and, um, uh, you know, we finish strong. No, I, I would love to do that. I would love to do that. I would, obviously, I love that movie. I lo- would love to, 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 yeah, to, to do the podcasting after dark dissection. And and I and I love that movie because of the two dollar late fee episode. It's, it's fantastic. I honestly I tell anybody and everybody if I ever see it like online, I'm like, go check out the two dollar late fee episode. It's so damn good. That so is so I, nice. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So you know, well, I think Dustin might need Thanks. to come on for a little bit of the wraith when we do the wraith. 
in two yeah, weeks. We could we could do that too. We could do um we could have Dustin on for like the first chunk or something before we do the dive in. I'm yeah, hey, I'm down I, for any of that kind of stuff of, of figuring that out. I can bring my sound machine and um mm-hmm. you guys it'll really mm-hmm. elevate elevate your podcast as I've Dustin as will I've, bring his guitar. As um, yeah. Guitar. <laughs> I mean, come on. Where do you get that kind of quality uh, <laughs> sound soundboarding? And yeah, I can upload it with effects and clips. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, everyone listening to this, you'll uh, in soon after this episode airs on podcasting after dark, we'll be breaking down the wraith and yeah. uh, it bells and whistles and all. So <laughs> you'll hear <laughs> Dustin's sound it's- machine. And you gotta you gotta get work in the right. You know, I but... mean, the, the, think of the pot. They're endless. The possibilities. What we just throw in here. I can I, we, Zach. You can record it. We can just load you in there. Just doing it. Yeah. All day. Yeah. yeah really I can do that too. It's yeah. Really so great. check out podcasting after dark. Uh, Corey in and I are part of the uh, BFOP network, which has a plethora of podcasting shows. And what does that stand for, for those that might not know the, the blast from our past network. And they're mostly nostalgic themed, uh, shows. Um, we have like, uh, Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. Um, we have talking back blast from our past, uh, throwback trivia takedown and, uh, podcast after dark and, uh, action, action and people don't forget. Yeah. Action action is a lot of fun. Very, um, connected with us on Instagram. So if you guys are listening to this and are not aware of our Instagram podcasting and after dark and $2 late fee, go check out both of those. Uh, because we put a lot of time and energy into those, <laughs> into those things. Yeah, you, you guys do a lot of great original content over at $2 late fees, Instagram. Seriously. It's, it's a lot of fun. You guys have a lot of fun with it. Uh, you guys have your live videos. You guys have a, just a bunch of awesome original content. It's, it's not like, it's not crap content, you know, like it, no. they, we all know that that's what's out there, you know, like 80% of it's all crap content, but you guys are not a part of that. You guys are definitely in the, the top tier upper echelon stuff. So I, well, I think you guys are doing a, a great job, great very show kind. Very and a uh, great, great presence. So that's very kind boy, Corey, you are, yeah, you sold, sold, man. You're, you're hired. <laughs> you're you're just <laughs> saying the most nice complimentary things I've ever heard in my ears. And uh, it's very, it's very, very, uh, it's very kind. Very appreciated. Oh, well, hey, hey, I, I don't, I don't lie about that shit. I, I only speak the truth. So you guys are rocking and rolling and I am beyond honored to be on this show and to be connected, you know, to you guys and everything. Hell yeah, dude. Happy to have you on finally and have it, mm-hmm. have it be this movie specifically because yeah. we obviously hold it near and dear to our, our hearts. Um, and so check out after you listen to this episode, go check out podcasting after darks wraith episode which should be dropping right around the same time relatively it might it's, be one one or two days off um, okay is that yeah i figured we were gonna probably try to simul drop or at least the same week oh, nice. or something yeah. like that so yeah. i think so cool. i think so awesome. and then this will also two weeks from this episode we'll have billy on our show matthew barry and he talks about the wraith tells some great stories uh behind the scenes stuff you get the sense of who he is because you're like who's this guy who steals the show in this movie uh, as far as the fem- uh, the male leads are concerned, and you get to know who he is as a person, and he's a really dynamic guy. So um, check out Matthew Barry's interview in two weeks. Yeah. And very gentle lover, uh, also. Oh, you didn't? Okay, that's just me. Okay. Never mind. Well, I thought I'm he was an easy lover. 
Man. <laughs> Easy love. So good. Thank you, Corey, so awesome. for coming. Thanks, oh, Corey. Thank you guys. Thanks, brother. Thank you, guys. Mm-hmm. Sleazy C. If you don't know, he's Sleazy C. Sleazy <laughs> C in the hizzy. Well, Zach we- Snack and Bustin' Dustin. How about that? <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Matt Barry from The Wraith, Bertolucci's Luna. This is $2 late fee, Zach and Dustin. Hi, Duke. Oh, listen, I just wanted to say goodbye and remind you that the good guys always win, even in the 80s. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four... Is it five-star rating? (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really... Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great, too. And you can find us on the internet. (laughs) Don't forget to check out our website at $2LateFee.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at $2LateFeePodcast. We'll see you next time. We did it.